there was a mama walking down the street with her daughter. She was just four. And like any four-year-old, she was pretty, um, pretty busy. And there was something on the sidewalk, and this little girl picked down and, or bent down and picked it up, and she started to put it in her mouth. And her mom said, oh, oh, don't put that in your mouth. Throw that down. That's dirty. It probably has germs on it. And the little girl said, well, mama, how do you know this stuff? And the mom was a quick thinker, and she said, well, you know, I took the mommy test, and if you pass the mommy test, you can be a mommy. And the little girl said, well, if you flunk the test, you have to be a daddy, right? <laughs> Today's Father's Day, and one little guy said, the difference between Mother's Day and Father's Day is you don't have to spend quite as much money on dad as you do on mom. That's the way it works. Before you leave here today, dads, I have something for you. This is a little sack of caramel corn that has been drizzled with white chocolate and chocolate. I have a friend who brought some various corns to our small group, and man, I locked into this, and there's a place out on the east side that sells this. I have a new friend. His name is Chris. I went out to try this and said, man, I need about 150 bags of that. My wife is addicted to it. I have a red bucket at home that I got out there for 10 bucks, and every time I take it back, he fills it up for 7 bucks. So, guys, I know what's going to happen as soon as you pop this open on the way home. Your wife's going to say, let me taste that. <laughs> Give her one piece. Okay? And when the kids go, hey, Daddy, let me have some of that stuff. Give them one piece. You eat the rest of it and then send them out there Monday to get you a red bucket full of more. I mean, it's really pretty good stuff. Sunday school, I had some people on me, so we ate some in Sunday school, and we did a bag down pretty quick. It just seems to be that way, but I do want to wish you a happy Father's Day. And USA Today says that um, about 76% of America celebrates this day. Mother's Day, about 84, but Dad's about 70 Six and the overall spending for dads a little bit less than moms and the number one gift for fathers has to do something with a tool and there are more tools sold only on Christmas than Father's Day so if you don't get some kind of tool today I encourage you to eat your caramel corn and rest in peace that might be the way to go what I would like to do today is to share with you a blueprint for a godly father. I think there's a difference between just being a dad and being a godly dad. There's a difference between being a dad, a good dad, and a godly dad. So today, if I could just use one verse, one verse out of the Bible that might paint this picture, I think I would go to John chapter 3, verse 16. You know the one? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And in the original Greek, it kind, of, it kind of takes that verse and interprets it a little bit differently. In the Greek, it says, for God loved the world in such a way that he gave his only son. And whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I have two boys, Matt and Andy. I don't know if I can make that same arrangement if I had to with them. I don't think I could give them up. But the Bible says that God loved us in such a way. 
with such a passion, with such a deep love, that he was willing to give up his only son for people like you and for someone like me, for your family and for my family. And there's something about this piece of scripture that we need to understand. And there's at least four principles that I think God has ordained for dads who have the hope of being a godly dad, not just a good dad, not just a dad, but a godly dad. And if you are here today and maybe you are a son or daughter and maybe you have no longer an active relationship with your father, maybe because of divorce or death or maybe distance, this verse still, I think, applies to our relationship that we ought to have with our heavenly father. And if you have no relationship with your Heavenly Father, I'm not sure you could really understand the depth of the Father's Day celebration. For God loved the world in such a way that he gave his one and only Son, and whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So the first characteristic that I think the Bible paints, the blueprint, is that a godly dad loves The Bible says right out of the blocks for he loved in such a way and he loved with an unconditional love and this love has two measures. He taught us what it means to love and he also taught us what it means to be loved. And we have to understand this unconditional thing because I don't think we really know that very well. We don't just love unconditionally. It's something that we learn. When I first met Debbie, when we first started dating in college, She was a cheerleader, I was a ball player, and I told her we really didn't need cheerleaders to play well. I did not love her unconditionally when we first met. I can remember our first kiss. I don't know if she can. I don't want to go there. This year we celebrated, I couldn't remember first service, but we celebrated our wedding anniversary 41 years. That just means that we are old. And that means that we have learned to love each other unconditionally. When we first started dating, if I would have thought that she was some kind of a, you know, her name's Circioni, that's not Italian, that's Sicilian. If I would have found out that she was a Sicilian terrorist spy, I would have walked away. If I could have. I didn't love her unconditionally. But through the years, we have learned to put up with each other's quirks and weirdness And we have learned to love unconditionally. We went to our favorite place for steak this week, and I called ahead, and I had them marinate my steak in teriyaki sauce. And I knew she wouldn't want steak. She was going to go for that pecan-crusted chicken. Doesn't even sound good, you know? And then she told me today that my mom's got a birthday. I said, hey, man, we've got to get a card and get it in the mail. She said, we'll get it this afternoon, and while we're out, we'll go to DSW because there's a pair of sandals there I want to get. Sir, it's Father's Day. No popcorn for you. You know? But we have learned to love unconditionally. I really didn't really understand love even when we were first married. I, I didn't get it. And then we had children. And I started to get it. I was getting ready to go to a conference to teach a group of guys how to be better youth ministers. And Debbie told me right before I left that she was pregnant 
And I didn't know what to do. She should have waited till I got back home to tell me that kind of stuff. I drove for a while, and I pulled over, and I cried a little bit, and I drove a while, and I thought, what kind of dad am I going to be? Can, can I even be a dad? I can't even take care of myself. But we learned to love when our boys came into the world. I mean, really learned to, unconditionally. And that is what we have tried to teach them in their life. And, you know, that's the kind of dad we want to be, don't we? I mean, wouldn't everybody want to be that kind of dad to love our, our spouse and our kids unconditionally? I mean, no strings attached. If your kids are playing ball, we got any ball-playing guys out there today? I mean, if, okay, if, the, if your son strikes out, that would never happen to your son or your daughter. If it would happen, though, Clay, you would still love them, right? Do this, good man, okay? All right? That's the way, that's the way it works. If they would happen to bring home a grade that you're not too excited about, can you still love them? If your wife serves broccoli, can you still love her? We've got to draw the line somewhere, right, guys? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unconditional love. <laughs> There's a book that's been written by John Winker. It's entitled Fathers, and he talks about various dads and their relationship with their father. Ted Turner, one summer, made $50 a week back in the day, and he said as soon as he took his job for $50 a week, his dad started charging him $25 to live in the house. And he said, hey, isn't that a little bit much? And his dad said, if you could do better than that for food and lodging seven days a week, then you can move out. I wouldn't want to be that kind of dad, would you? Pat Buchanan, preacher man, he said to impress upon us what the loss of a soul through mortal sin was, his father would light a match, grab our hands, hold them over the flame, and say, now how does that feel? How would you like to feel that for all eternity? That's what hell is going to be like. Who would do that? You wouldn't want to be that kind of dad, would you? Those of you who watch golf, do you know the name Chichi Rodriguez? He used to be a golfer, professional golfer, and he would do all types of crazy things. He would pretend like his golf club was a sore. He was just, he was a good golfer, but he was out there. He says one night about two in the morning, his father caught a man stealing bananas from their backyard. He went over to the man with a machete in his hand. He took the bananas, he cut the bundle in half and said, here, you can have half of this. And from now on, if you need anything from the back of our house, you come to the front and I will give you what you need. I've never met Mr. Rodriguez, but I think that's the kind of dad I would like to be. This unconditional love. My two boys, both in ministry, Matt is leaving today for Panama City, CIY. He's got four charter bus loads of kids going to CIY. And he's over in New Albany, and he's doing some stuff there at the church today. When they first came to me and talked to me about their aspirations to pursue ministry, I was excited, but I wasn't. I thought, have you guys ever been to a board meeting? I mean, seriously, you want to think through this, guys. And then I thought, you know what, I, I'm, I'm proud of that decision, and I think God will bless you. We started praying for our 
boys' wives before they were old enough to think about girls. We thought, wouldn't it be cool if God would orchestrate that thing and because of our love for them, that he would put them together with women that would be holy and righteous and fun. I'll never forget, I was FaceTiming with Lindsay once, Matt's wife, and little Preston, he was little, he was in the, in the background, and he was actually in front of their picture window, and he was licking the window from bottom to top. I said, Lindsay, I think he gets that from the Jones side of this thing. And she said, Poppy, that's rude. That'll be one outfit. And I have to watch how I treat my girls because sometimes I will say things like that and it will cost me an outfit. And sometimes I just give them the card and say a few things and then figure like it's worth it. Let's just unconditional love. I mean, where does that start? Where does it stop? It, moms, when do you quit being moms? Never. Dads, when do you quit being dads? Never. Unconditional love until God calls you home. Also, a godly dad gives. The Bible says, God so loved the world, or he loved the world in such a way that he gave. His one and only son. I, I know you're going to recognize his face. George Foreman, professional boxer, ex-boxer. You know what made him the most of his monies? George Foreman grills. How many have one? I mean, we have put this guy and his kids through college. I mean, we have supported him. You know he has five sons? They're all named George. Isn't that crazy? He comes home, okay, George, come in here. And all five come. He's a boxer, you know? Did you know he has two girls? One daughter is named Frida George, and the other one is named Georgette. (laughs) That's nuts. You know, he says when he was a kid, growing up, he never knew his dad. He was often picked on, and he was shamed for not having a father at home. He grew up with, a, he says, a hole in his heart. His identity was not what it should be, never knowing who he really was. He has dedicated himself to being a better father to his sons and daughters, and he started by giving them all his name, a gift of identity. Now, it's a little bit weird Hey, George. But I'd like to be a dad like like that. Robert Shooter, I played in a golf scramble yesterday, and I did more scrambling than I did golfing. Had fun. It was hot. Started at 1, got done at 6.30. Did I say it was hot and not that much fun? (laughs) Robert Shooter said that He chose to be a failure at golf so that he could be a better dad at home. I I would like to be a dad like that. To be there with your kids, to hang out. I learned as a dad and as a poppy now, do not lay on the floor because you are a target there. And those little bony elbows and knees, they hurt A godly dad also requires, John 3, 16, this plan of salvation. It shows what God has really done for us. It says that whoever believes in him, there's a requirement. If you want to be a part of God's kingdom, you need to believe. And then we could talk about repentance, and then we could talk about confession and baptism, but there are requirements. Around our house when our boys were little, we always had the bar pretty high. 
Because the lower we had the bar, the lower results we got. The higher we had the bar, the higher, better results we got. We wanted to do three things with our boys. We wanted to teach them to love God, to love their family, and to work hard at whatever they chose to do. I mean, that's pretty simple. Love God, love family, work hard. In a few weeks, Debbie and I will be heading for the North American Christian Convention, and this year it's in, it's in Anaheim, it's in California. Every year when we go, we see a lot of friends, and we share a lot of stories. And There are times when we hear stories from our friends about their family, about their children, that we weep with them. We pray with them because they have some horrible, horrible stories to tell us. God has blessed our family. And I don't have horror stories to tell. But I thank God for the way he has used our family to share the love of Jesus. And it's my prayer that he continues to that. The Bible says, whoever believes in me, they will not perish, but they will live forever or they will have eternal life. And what a blessing, what a promise. Live this way and God will bless. Live this way and God will curse. God has also created us as godly dads to prepare our children for the future. And that's a pretty big deal. And I think there's three areas in which we are called by God to help. And the first is with career. And I encourage you to spend enough time with your kids to know what their gifts are, what their passion is, and then help them reach those goals. When I was in college, my dad wrote me one letter. And the gist of the letter was this. It wasn't very long. It was, hey, Jerry, I want you to always remember that... um, If I have a dime, you have a dime. If I have bread, you have bread. If you ever need anything from me, it is yours. I mean, that was the gist of the letter. I still have that letter with me today. You know, he calls me every Sunday afternoon, every Sunday afternoon. He will call us. He say, hey, Jerry, how'd church go today? What's your week like? What you got going on? Here's what I'm doing. Every Sunday afternoon, he calls me. And he always says, hey, I'm proud of you and I love you. You know where, where, where we fall short as dads? We have a hard time letting our kids know that we love, we, we love them unconditionally. But when was the last time, dads, you looked your kids in the eye or you called them up on the phone and said, hey, I just want you to know that I'm proud of you and I love you. I mean, that's hard for us to do, isn't it, dads? Now, the mamas, they're good at this, aren't they? It just kind of flows out of their lips, but we're like, hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? Okay, see you. Talk to you later. And that's kind of the deal. We also, as a dad, need to prepare our kids, help them prepare the future of their relationships. You know, when they are little, we wanted them to choose what kind of friends? Good friends, hang out with good people. I don't want you hanging out with that guy. Not her, man. Not, you know, don't be doing that. But, you know, they, they never really grow out of that, do they? And we need to prepare them so that they can make proper choices. And if it goes back to praying for your little ones for their wedding day someday, you pray with a passion that will just not let let go. And also, a father should help his children prepare spiritually. 
And I could probably speak for a long time about that issue. You know, it doesn't matter if your son has a good curveball. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they know that pi r square. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they can hit a three from way out there. The most important thing that you can ever teach them is about a relationship with Jesus. Not that those other things aren't important, but the most important thing is, is that they have a relationship with Jesus. As part of a Sunday school class, children were told to choose a Bible character that they would most likely be like, want to be like. And one little girl chose Mary because Mary was the mother of Jesus. And one little boy chose Joseph because Joseph was the dad of Jesus. And one little boy chose David because David beat up Goliath. And one little guy chose Jonah because he got the right in the belly of a great fish. But one little boy chose to be low. And his teacher said, there's no low in the Bible. And he said, yes, there is. And he began to quote a passage out of Matthew that says, low will be with you always, even unto the end of the age. Now, he had a little bit goofed up, but he said he would like to be with his friends and family till the end of the age. And you know what I think we need? I think we need dads who are willing to be low who are willing to be with their children's moms to the end of the age, willing to be with their kids to the very end of the age. That's what we need to communicate with our our families to be godly dads. We need to love to give, to require, and to help our kids become all that they can be. So I guess one question to ask you today, what kind of dad do you want to be? I read a story of a soccer player. She was in the ninth grade after their their game that day, their match, whatever. She got into the car and she said, Dad, I cannot believe that coach. She was talking about the other team's coach. Probably the best athlete on the field that day was a player on the other team, and she was weeping throughout the whole soccer game. The coach had one of those voices that just penetrated everything. It was loud, it was booming, and he was chewing her from one side to the other side, and she was indeed the best player on the field. And They said they didn't know what to do for her. She would just bend over and cry, and the dad in the car said that coach was her dad. I wouldn't want to be that kind of dad, would you? Another guy said that he pulled off the interstate, his car came to a halt, it just quit. So he had the car towed home, and he called his dad up that night. His dad was a mechanic, and his dad said, as soon as I get done with work tonight, I will drive up and look at your car. He drove 250 miles, and he was greeted by his son. He went out to check the car out. He looked at it for about 30 seconds, and he said, let's go grab something to eat. And the son said, what about my car? And he said, oh, it's an easy fix, you're out of gas. So they went to eat, and they went and got a can and gassed it up and got it all filled up, and then they hugged, and the dad said goodbye, and he drove 250 miles home. And the boy said, my dad has never said anything else to me about doing something that dumb. Never, not to this day. And you know what I thought when I read that story? That's the kind of dad I want to be. 
So I got to ask the question, dads, has your wife ever kind of pushed you to the edge? You know? We're going to go get a birthday card and shop for what on dad's day? Okay, I got to ask you this question. Have your kids ever pushed you to the edge? God loved the world in such a way that he gave his one and only son for you. And whoever believes in that will not perish, but have life everlasting. You know, your relationship with your Heavenly Father says a lot about you. And every Sunday we come together to worship a living God, and we have a special time in our service to be with Him. And we share a piece of bread and some juice, and it's very meaningful to us. It reminds us of what Jesus did on the cross. And I am so glad that my Lord and Savior obeyed his Father. Aren't you? I mean, he didn't have to go to the cross, but he did it in spite of us. And because of that, our Father gave us an example through his Son Jesus how to live and how to be a godly man. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for this place. I thank you for my friends here. I pray you would bless our marriages, our homes, our, our, our family. Keep us safe. Draw us so close to you and help us, Father, to never, ever let go. And help us during this time right now to thank you. Help us to seek forgiveness. Help us, Father God, to never, ever let go. In your son's name I pray, amen.